It is time to bring it back to vulnerability, back to connection. Here on the How's Your Heart podcast, we chat weekly about the practical ways to deepen the relationship with ourselves and how to cultivate that with the people around us too. My name is Jess. I am the host here on the How's Your Heart podcast. And alongside some amazing guests together, we are here to create psychologically safe spaces and to put into practice asking more than just how are you. Instead, we're asking, how's your heart? Hello, guys, and welcome back to the How's Your Heart podcast. I am Jess, your host. And today, we are going to be chatting all about attachment styles and relationship dynamics. We're going to be talking all things from secure, fearful, and dismissive attachment styles to codependency and interdependency, all the way down to dynamics in relationships. So talking about that partner, parent, and child dynamics that we were talking about in episode one with Bruce Sullivan. If you guys have not listened to that episode yet, I definitely would recommend um, this subject. I'm actually so glad that it has come up this week. Obviously, I plan the seasons in advance for what it's going to entail because I think that's a great way to just make it a nice cohesive season. 10 episodes all about one topic and obviously season three is all about relationships and cultivating those real vulnerable interconnected relationships and so discussing all things the pros and cons of the attachment styles dynamics and dependencies that we have on our the people in our relationships um is really important and i think it is a massive part in the how's your heart journey because yeah in season two we talked all about the self but like bruce said in in episode one the world is filled with eight billion people and we are surrounded by people on the daily unless we work from home and never see anyone um and even then like on social media we're interacting with people these are skills these are styles these are dynamics that come up in our everyday life and being around people if we're our introverts can be scary can be hard but is um also really crucial to our livelihood and to our soul connection and feeling not as lonely and i definitely have felt a little bit lonely this week we had a little bit of a family blow up on wednesday night um and it's really it's really hard to talk about family issues here online. And I know that How's Your Heart, the whole reason why I created this was for vulnerability and so that people feel heard and seen and like all of the experiences and traumas that they've had in their life are valid and all the feelings that they feel are valid. But talking about family issues is so stigmatized and I'm finding that I can't talk about it <laughs> that easily compared to all the other things because a like my family are my family they don't really change and so if I say anything it's a little bit hard um because obviously they know it's about them <laughs> but I know that it's super important to talk about um and b it's just I guess it's just really hard because for a lot of us we really love our family and whether they hurt us or not um we still love them and that's what I really found this week I felt really lonely in the fact that I really want to love this person and to have a really good relationship with them but I know that I need to protect myself and prioritize my peace in order to sustain my life and to sustain my mental health and so I have to put in those boundaries and 
Um, I'm not going to lie, the last few days, I'm recording this on Saturday, the last few days I've just been laying on the couch watching Fleabag, which honestly sounds amazing, sounds like the dream and was really good. That show is awesome. But in saying that, I really was looking for distractions this week from my feelings and it hit a really low point last night and I felt like I was straight back in my mental health um like five steps backwards and I hadn't felt that sense of depression in a really long time and oh it's just really hard and family is really hard so if you guys are going through a tough period with your family at the moment just know that you're seen you're valid you're heard and if you need comfort and reassurance even someone to talk to feel free to dive over into the Instagram page, hit me up. I'll just show you love and support. Um, I know that they are really sticky situations. I'm in one now <laughs> and um, you're not alone in that. There are lots of people who are going through the exact same, if not similar things. And as much as that is hard, that is a really sad fact. It is also a fact and we're in this together. Um, but let's talk about relationships <laughs> and attachment styles to get off that really sad low note. We all know that therapy is one of the best ways we can actively work towards bettering our mental health. But what most of us have experienced is that this method can be inaccessible and a big step, especially if we're feeling really stuck. In my mental health journey, I found that sometimes the only person that needs to have your back is you. Luckily, there are more than one options for mental health support and I wanted to share one of my favorite options with you guys. Prompted journaling is accessible, functional and removes the need for a doctor's appointment. It is self-therapy. Over my years of journaling, I have hand-selected over 45 prompts and have now created a journal prompt guide that is available for free for all of you guys. Head on over to the Instagram at How's Your Heart Pod and click the bio link to receive your gift. I'm super excited to hear all of the ways this guide changes your lives and how it has deepened the relationship to yourself. Whether you are a beginner journaler or someone who is looking for more consistency and motivation, this ebook will be your go-to guide. I trust you'll enjoy it. So I thought we'd dive straight into what codependency and interdependency are first because attachment styles and dynamics in relationships are super important and amazing, but we first need to know why, I guess, why we want to strive for interdependent relationships and I guess if we can resonate with any of the notes or I guess ideas behind codependency, that can really help shape, I guess, where we want to go from here and how we want to move forward through that. So we can start to imagine, I guess, these two different scenarios. So you can imagine a codependent relationship. It's very anxious and it's highly reactive. There's lots of bad communication and people pleasing and neglect of emotional expressivity. I'm not even sure if that's a word. Emotional expression um, and controlling behaviors. And it's um, they usually seek self-worth from each other and they really seek that validation and rely on that quite heavily quite dependent on that if I can use that word um, to maintain a level ground a bit a good sense of mental health a feeling that they are valid that they are worthy and obviously as we can tell from that it's not a safe place to be it's very vulnerable and we can talk about vulnerability in a few senses in 
the how's your heart kind of atmosphere and that space vulnerability is met with safety it's met with understanding it's met with feeling heard and feeling seen it is meant with putting ourselves out there so that we can create space for other people to do the same but when we're in codependent relationships and we are vulnerable in that it's usually met with unsafety and that can lead us to feeling hurt and um, when this is the way we have been attuned to receive love and the only way we expect love obviously not looking good for us not um not what we deserve in our relationships so this is when we start translating over to interdependent relationship it looks like um, those two individuals having their own sense of self and are in charge of their own lives and their own self-worth and their own boundaries and in terms of boundaries this is communicated and it's respected and it's thought about quite thoroughly because it is a major part in the relationship and it's something that is really prioritized and in these types of relationships we can really feel empowered and feel like we are special feel like we are involved and respected and I think this is where those two attributes that Bruce was talking about in episode one that intentionality piece and then also psychological safety and I think those two I really agree with him are massive components of an interdependent relationship because they create that safety and they create a beautiful space where vulnerability is prioritized and you feel safe in doing that. And I guess when we start talking about the ways attachment styles and dynamics in relationships really influence how we show up in, I guess, a co or interdependent relationship, this is because relationships equal vulnerability. When we're in relationships, it can often lead us to feel triggered because a lot of things come up for us. It usually involves love. It at least involves connection and you're having to communicate with someone, maybe hold space, share a space with someone. And so it can bring up a lot of facets of life and a lot of areas where trauma may have occurred. And so attachment styles and dynamics and relationships, once we can start to recognize where we fall between each of those and how they show up for our lives, we don't necessarily have to heal those right now. That is a massive chore. As Like I said before, I'm still on my journey with that. But if we are able to start recognizing that, maybe being a little bit more self-aware in our relationships where those things come up, that is the, a great initial step into healing those. And healing obviously is a lifelong journey. So that first recognition, that first point of recognition is really powerful and um, really, really important. So let's dive into attachment styles first because I think everyone has heard about these, but let's dive into, I guess, what they mean and how they can show up. So attachment styles result from our childhood experiences and usually those experiences revolve around a sense of security between ourselves and our primary caregiver. And it's been the way we have been attuned to receive love. So obviously as a young child, you, I would say, you know what love is and you look at your parents, usually you're like, oh my gosh, I think you're amazing if you had, I guess, parents to do that for. Um, but often the way we are taught to receive love is the experience we've had with our caregivers loving us and creating safety for us 
And obviously we can talk about love languages in that space, but in essence, the attachment styles come down to three main types, and that is secure, fearful, and dismissive. And the fearful and dismissive types of attachment can follow this unhealthy cycle um, where initially we have this need or this uncomfortable feeling, which leads us to feeling helpless or angry. Those um, emotions start coming up for us. And then because we are either emotionally, I guess, not able to express ourselves or not wanting to express ourselves or we are people pleasing, so we're not communicating, we lack that relief and feel neglected, which can lead us to feeling Uh, like we need trust and we feel really unsafe in that relationship and unfortunately when these aren't addressed it just perpetuates that unhealthy cycle and we end up in codependent or toxic or awful relationships where that attachment style and that dynamic in a relationship is really negative for our sense of self our mental health and honestly our lifestyle because our relationships play a massive part in our life What usually happens in attachment styles is that opposing styles attract each other because they complement each other for a short term. And so what this usually means, what this usually looks like is that the fearful attachment style will match with um, a dismissive attachment style um, because the fearful will do anything for the dismissive, but the dismissive will only give little bits back to the fearful just to keep it interested and to keep it on that pedestal in the relationship. Okay, so when we're talking about dynamics in relationships, we're really talking about this parent-child-partner type dynamics, which a lot of people tend to fall into either one of those, but many of them in different contexts of their relationship. And we started talking about this in our episode with Bruce in episode one. If you haven't listened to that already, definitely go check it out. But let's just run through parent-child and partner. Um, So like we talked about in attachment styles, a partner is someone who, or that partner, partner dynamic, I guess, is two autonomous adults who are looking to create a intentional and psychologically safe place. So a partner will have that value of respect. There will be communication in there as well. They will have their own boundaries and will have their own life as well. They're interdependent. So they have their own independence, but also depend and rely on their partner in a nice balance there. And that is mutual across the board. When we're talking about the parent dynamic, usually this parent will be the controller of the relationship. And there's a few different aspects we can take here, but the main one I want to go down is the parent who is in control of the relationship. They are the caretaker, they are the problem solver, they do all the shit, and then they tend to get frustrated or build resentment towards the child in the relationship. Um, Not necessarily the actual child, but the person acting as the child um, because they're not able to show up in the relationship in the way that the parent is. And that obviously is not a great way, not a great foundation to have a relationship on because that dynamic causes um, an imbalance. And often what can happen is that parent is dependent on the relationship for their self-worth as well, especially if they're in that fearful attachment style where they're acting in that parent role to people please the child. And and that's when we start talking about the child in the relationship. And 
Um, this can be broken down into a few areas. You can have, I guess, the really rebellious child or the adaptive child. Now, the rebellious child will be the one who rebels against the parent, who's like, fuck it, I don't care what you say, I'm just going to do whatever I want. They won't take the, I guess, quote-unquote, parent's advice. They just won't accept care or help, but just expect things to come to them or to um, happen. But if you're in that adaptive child, you're more likely to be the people pleaser. So you might have a dismissive parent role. So they're dismissive in their attachment style and then their parenting as well. So that would be the kind of, you need to get it together. Why haven't you done all of this stuff? And then that adaptive child would say, oh my gosh, I'll do everything and like just sit down and I'll fix the whole house and that can obviously be quite harmful as well um, because it's like that level of submission that can turn quite toxic quite quickly. So those are the kind of dynamics that we're talking about in terms of relationship dynamics and those roles um, that we can quite often take on. When we find ourselves in relationships where the dynamic is child-parent, um, it breaks down that communication level because you feel like you're not on the same wavelength. Obviously, an adult wouldn't talk to another adult the same way that they would talk to a child because that dynamic is different. That sense, that wavelength of communication is different. And that is why it is really important to start being self-aware and then also communicating that with your partner in terms of attachment styles and the dynamics because you have to have communication in relationships. It's like the number one thing people talk about. You have to be able to communicate well with your partner, problem solve with your partner and feel safe and secure in that because if not, you're just not going to be able to progress. You're not going to be able to feel vulnerable or to take that relationship to the quote unquote next level because you're just simply not showing up in the relationship together. Let's talk a little bit more about the different types of attachment style. We're going to bring in the dynamics in relationships as well, because I think that's a really cool way to see it, how those attachment styles and dynamics show up together, that little intersection there. So we won't be talking much about this, but secure relationships, that attachment style, usually if you are a secure person, you're going to seek out relationships that are interdependent. So you're going to have that mutual dependence and that's going to be that partner-partner dynamic because you know your worth, you have self-confidence, you have high self-esteem and you're non-reactive. You know what you want in a relationship and you're willing to put in the work and to communicate that with someone you're interested in who most likely, well, hopefully, <laughs> at least for your sake, is a secure person as well and is looking for that partner-partner dynamic. So we won't really talk about that because if you're at that stage, most likely you aren't listening to this episode. Although on the Instagram, I did put up a little poll and I think I had about like 15% say that they were secure. If you're part of that and you are listening to this episode, well done to you. Congrats. I want to hear everything you have to say. Um, let's talk more about fearful and dismissive though. So we'll start off with fearful and usually this attachment style is... I guess painting the picture, the person is torn between the fear of being alone and the fear of being attached or vulnerable because 
like I said before, that can often lead us to being hurt and they would struggle with self-soothing and feeling confident. That self-esteem is quite low, um, maybe not in all contexts, but in specific ones, mainly in the relationship. They struggle to be alone, to be independent. And this can often come from childhood experiences where the parents were chaotic and unpredictable in their behavior, which can often lead you to feel really unsettled. And at least in many cases, you idolize your parents or your partner. You really pedestal them and you make them seem like this God that is all powerful, all knowing. And obviously because of that low self-esteem, you're not really seeing yourself as equals. And that can feed into into your relationships where the fearfully attached person will be the parent because they don't like setting that boundary. They really focus on that people pleasing aspect and they idolize the partner and will do anything for the partner just to keep the peace and they will minimize themselves and find all of their validation and their self-worth on how their partner is experiencing the relationship rather than how you both are interacting with each other and frequent phrases that they usually would say would be I want to be in a relationship, but I'm scared of being hurt or I'm not worthy of love or I keep attracting the bad guy. If you resonate with any of that fearfully attached rhetoric, I guess, what we can do to start healing that if you are able and open for that side of things, doing a lot of inner work is really important and really crucial at this point, especially around your relationship to yourself. When we start cultivating that confidence in who we are, how we show up, how we look even, having that self-esteem built into our relationship to ourselves, that creates trust and it allows us to trust ourselves to be able to self-soothe and to be alone and to be out of a relationship and to be okay with that. I find the best way to do inner work is to A, go to a therapist they are amazing but if you're not able to do that um, jump on board journaling that is I will harp on about this till the cows come home and is an amazing resource that anyone has accessibility to if they can write um, and they have a piece of paper and a pen Um, I have a guided self journal um, called becoming a self talker and that is really powerful in this fearful avoidant attachment style because you really lack that positive self-talk and to have a positive relationship a good relationship with the voices that go on inside your head being able to show up for yourself not only in a journaling practice but also in just your day-to-day is so important because being independent and knowing that you have your own back is so powerful and will really start healing that unsafety that you feel in yourself that you're not valid that you're not worthy enough of love creating that self-love I know that word gets thrown around a lot but quite honestly when you are even don't even aim for self-love if you're in the pits like I was earlier this earlier today I'm just gonna say earlier today I was in the pits if you're currently in the pits or you've been in the pits and you feel like self-love is just like the biggest step forward that you really can't take come to neutral 
come with me to neutral. Let's do a journal practice. Let's start working on boundaries, especially with strangers and friends. Often, if we are fearfully attached, we'll be oversharers and we'll just blurt everything out. And I find that when I overshare, I feel really embarrassed afterwards. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm really weird. Um, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) This is ridiculous. I'm not going to be able to take all those words back. Um, And that is because we haven't had that. We haven't created those boundaries with ourselves. We want to share with others or we want to keep to ourselves. We want to keep in our safe circle of friends and family um, and to be able to self-soothe that. And I find that journaling is a really good way to self-soothe and create those boundaries with ourselves because we're still letting, I guess, all that oversharing out. We're putting it on the page. We're releasing it from our brain, from our body. But we're not necessarily having that oversharing with other people. And it is really important to be vulnerable and to share your emotions and your feelings with others. But it is also important to have boundaries with that and to respect not only yourself, but also to respect the situation because um, I've been really struggling with that this week. I've been feeling like, oh my goodness, I have this podcast all about how's your heart. I've not asked a single person this week how their heart is. And I've just been saying, how are you? And honestly, I went to um, the grocery store the other day and the lady asked me, how are you? And honestly, 10 minutes earlier, I was sobbing. I was crying so hard and I literally had the blottiest cheeks and my eyes were so swollen and I looked so sad and I looked her dead in the eyes and said, yeah, I'm good. How about you? How are you? And I just like caught myself off guard and I said to myself, I was like, Jess. This was your opportunity to just be like, actually, I'm having the worst day ever. How is your heart? Didn't do it though. I tell you what, this journey is just as much mine as it is what I'm trying to (laughs) embody and preach to everyone else. But let's dive into the dismissive attachment style because I could talk about embodying for (laughs) hours and hours, but let's dive into dismissive. So typically a dismissive attached person will, I guess would prefer not to depend on others and for them not to depend on themselves. And often they can show up as high achievers, really charismatic, high self-esteem, high self-confidence, but they really struggle to be vulnerable with others and also themselves. They really struggle to express their emotions and to help others when they're emotional. They struggle with feeling imperfect and making mistakes and I guess maybe not getting a good grade, maybe not doing well on a test or even in an interview. And that's usually because their parents were unavailable or emotionally distant and it can cause you to feel really rejected. And when we take this into our relationships or into involving ourselves with other people, we can often say things, anything to do with I, I guess, any statement to do with I. So nothing's wrong. I'm fine. I know you better than you know yourself and you wouldn't need to say or do that if you really loved me because they really just put up this emotional block this barrier and dismiss any opportunity for a relationship because they're really scared of being hurt I'll put my hand up and say I'm definitely definitely a dismissive attached um, attachment style I feel that (laughs) when I was doing the research for this episode and I was looking into fearful and dismissive I realized that for the longest time, I thought I was anxiously attached or fearful. It can also 
be called fearfully I'm anxious sorry anxiously attached um but then when I was looking into it I was like yeah I just miss relationships left right and center because I'm really scared that people are going to depend on me and I'm not going to be able to show up for them and then they're going to reject me and it just comes down to this fear of vulnerability and to be open and available for a really deep love because I'm scared of that rejection and that's okay it's just a work in progress I guess um but to myself and to any of my other dismissive people out there (laughs) this is what we're gonna do to start healing that we're gonna start working on vulnerability and specifically doing the inner work shadow work I'll bring it back to journaling we'll circle back there obviously therapy is really good as well but we can also take this beyond the book beyond the journal beyond the podcast beyond the therapist and start talking to our friends start talking to our family, start talking to the people we're in relationships with or starting to be in relationships with and getting vulnerable and making a safe space for that, involving yourselves with people who will create that safe space for your vulnerability and for you to share things that are going on with your emotions and that are going on from your traumas and your past experiences in life because you all go through them and we can all I guess bond trauma bond (laughs) another thing we can also do is start noticing when you're pulling away and becoming distant when you're feeling suffocated and I hear this all the time and I definitely experienced this within my first relationship I felt myself getting really vulnerable I felt myself being rejected even though maybe I wasn't and I pulled away I broke up with him and sometimes like even today I was singing country songs with my friends and I was like I should call him (laughs) I really shouldn't I really won't but you know like it comes back to like I really love this person and I was so dedicated to the relationship but at the same time like the nuance there I was so scared of being rejected and I felt like I just needed to pull away to maintain that safety and you know we're not together anymore obviously but really striving for that interdependent relationship is really important for me for me now because you know I've created in that time where I've been away from this person I've created a sense of self that is really important to me I've created a life for myself and I've started um, including more vulnerability and connection in my life so that mutual dependence and safety and intimacy is okay And I'm learning that that is okay and it is beautiful and it is something to prioritize in your relationships because I know that I really want to be loved and I want to be loved deeply and I'm deserving of that. And so I'm just on my adventure (laughs) to find someone who will be in a secure partner partner based dynamic with me and I'm going to do the work and try and heal that. Um, But that is everything I have to say about attachment styles and dynamics in relationships thank you guys so much for joining in on this episode i really hope that you have found at least something to resonate with and some awesome points for how to heal through that if you have the space for that today i have a little book recommendation actually if you've made it to this point in the podcast this is my little gold gem at the end um highly sensitive people it is 
honestly one of the best books I have ever read in my life. I am resonating so heavily with it and it has become such an amazing point of reference and I feel so validated and seen from it and it's helping me so much. If you have ever had interest in psychological science, definitely read it. If you feel like you are a sensitive soul, definitely read it. It is an easy read. It is really good. Um, and what else? I think that's all. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for today's episode. I'm really trusting that you're enjoying season three so far. Thank you guys so much. Um, have an awesome week. Head on over to the Instagram at How's Your Heart Pod if you haven't already. Interact with me, say hey, say that the podcast sent you, and share it with a friend if you haven't already. Um, let's create more space for vulnerability. Let's heal those attachment styles. Let's get in dynamics in relationships that are partner partner and create some fun and safety in that. Thank you guys so much for joining in, and we'll see you later. Bye.